a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, what are the GOP, what are the Democrats most afraid of? Democrats are more afraid of. Trump supporters than the Taliban or China, according to a new poll. However, Republicans and independents have a very different view. And so we got to get past the headlines on all of these. So let's begin. Think you know the news of the day. Think again. Whenever in doubt, go to the numbers and go to the people. And in order to do that, we always turn to the ultimate inside source, Scott Rasmussen, who joins us on the line. Scott, thanks for jumping on. And this is just fascinating numbers to me in terms of what Republicans and what Democrats are actually afraid of. Yes, uh, boy, this is one of those things, you know, I put out uh, a fairly simple question. asked, you know, what, which of the following you consider a very serious threat to the nation, a modest threat or no threat at all? And, uh, you know, when I looked at the overall results, the Taliban was seen as the biggest threat slightly ahead of China. And third was defund the police activists. But when I split it into the partisan breakdowns, Democrats said the two biggest threats to the nation are Trump supporters and the unvaccinated. Uh, Significantly more said one of those two things than uh, the Taliban or China or Russia. Uh, when I looked to Republicans and independents, uh, the top concerns were ta- the Taliban, the defund the police activists and China. And so this is a you know, this is a, a way to think about politics. Now, some of this is unfortunately very partisan. Uh, I think the danger for Democrats is if you label half the nation as one of the greatest threats to the nation, you're not exactly going to win them over in a popularity contest. <laughs> Yeah, I think that is. It's always hard when uh, you you lead with a uh, offensive language towards a, a group that you're actually trying to court or to get their vote. Uh, <laughs> and I think that's uh, that is. Uh, it's just so fascinating to me in terms of those breakdowns. And uh, what does that tell us in terms of where people are, or what we should be anticipating or watching for as we move into the fall and then ultimately into the 2020 cycle? Well, the first thing is, I think these numbers help explain uh, President Biden's tone and his actions uh, last week in his speech. And since, uh, you know, if you believe that the unvaccinated are one of the most serious threats to the nation, you a very aggressive attitude towards them. Uh, this sets the stage for conflict because uh, some of the people the administration has been using, like Dr. Fauci, to try and spread this message are uh, 
shall we just say politely, not well respected by those who are unvaccinated. Uh, so you know, you've got this conflict set up. As you go forward, I think if you look at these concerns, um, we're going to see how it plays out and how it gets articulated. And, and what I mean by that, uh, there is a difference between people who voted for Donald Trump and people who uh, assaulted the Capitol on January 6th. I think at the moment, in much of the media coverage, and certainly this poll says among many Democrats, uh, they see the two as the same. There's a belief, perhaps, that most Trump voters are happy with what happened on January 6th, and that's just not the case. So it will be interesting to see if that distinction becomes clearer over time or if the Democratic Party gets set in their ways. Yeah, so fascinating. And uh, you talk about that element of trust and, and changing behavior. Uh, we actually did a, a mental gymnastics exercise, uh, starting with President Biden's speech uh, that introduced a yet-to-be-written rule from the Labor <laughs> Department for the pandemic that is now being challenged by Republicans in the Judiciary Committee and the Transportation Committee. <laughs> I know you've done some polling after President Biden's yeah. speech of last week. Can anybody make heads or tails of any of this? Well, when you talk about the political response, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, the president got people more energized about uh, the midterm elections. But this is truly a case of a rising tide lifting all boats. Uh, Trump supporters are more fired up than they were before. So are Sanders supporters and mm. so are traditional Republicans and Democrats. And when all is said and done, um, it's a little bit of a wash. Before the speech, uh, among registered voters, I found the generic congressional ballot was 40 to 40, dead even. After the speech, it was 40 to 40, dead even. Um, and in both cases, when you looked at voters who were the most motivated, uh, the Republicans had a slight edge. Biggest reason for that. The group that is more motivated to take part in the midterms than any other in the nation right now are people who want policies like those articulated by former President Trump. Oh, that's so fascinating. Again, it's the it's the policy component to that that I think is the, the key operative word there. And uh, before I let you go, Scott, uh, obviously uh, it is recall election day in California. Any insight there, any inklings or anything you're going to be watching for uh, as we roll into the evening tonight? You know, I didn't do um, any polling in that race, so I don't have any particular inside information. Uh, I suspect the thing to be watching for will be the intensity of turnout to see if it's substantially different than the last round of polling indicated. But uh, at this point in time, I would be shocked uh, if the governor is recalled. But we'll just have to wait and see how close it is. And uh, and I would also say the reaction of Democrats uh, to this will be significant. Um, you know, if I mean, this is a serious issue in a deep blue state. Yeah. If the governor is potentially at risk in California, um, this says something perhaps about what's coming up in the Virginia governor's election uh, or in, you know, the midterms next year. Uh I, I will tell you flat out, Boyd, if the elections were held today, actually, if the elections were held today nationwide, Republicans would be happy. They don't want to wait a year or so, because at this moment in time, the Republicans would do very well. They'd win the House, probably win the Senate. Uh, 
But that's today, and the elections are a year from November. And as you know, that's a lifetime in politics. Yeah, or 10 lifetimes for sure. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Scott Rasmussen, always appreciate your deep dive look at the numbers and uh, having your finger on the pulse of voters and citizens across the country. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Boyd. All right. uh, When we come back, we're going to go to that California race. California Governor Gavin Newsom, of course, facing recall today. We're going to break that down. We're going to bring in our California insider, Kelly Pierce, uh, as a longtime Californian, is going to help us break that down. What does it mean? And we'll actually talk a little bit about what we talked with Scott in terms of what that uh, means for the future for both Republicans and Democrats across the country. Stay with us. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.